So we're going to spend today talking about the words that come to mind, because there's not just one. The words that come to mind after the Saints 16-15 victory over the Tennessee Titans on Sunday in the Dome. Um, number one is probably, whoo. Number two is probably a word I can't use on this podcast. And three, four, and five, well, we'll let you make it up. We're going to see what happens on Derry's Dime, coming up next on Datitude. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where are you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my Who Dead friends everywhere else who have no idea what words they want to use to describe Sunday's week one performance. Saints win their fifth straight season opener. They do it in the Dome, 16-15 to 15 over the Tennessee Titans. The debut of Derek Carr. And, um, wow. I mean, there's, there's so much to dissect with this game. Um, it had you on your pins and needles. Do you have pins and needles? If you have pins and needles, you were on them for about three hours. And then after it was over, you were kind of like, what the hell was that? This is Datitude, episode number 164 for a Monday, September 11th. We never forget. September 11th, 2023. I'm Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the advocate, and bet.nola.com. And we will have a trivia to 22 years since that fateful day. And I know that anyone older the, over the age of, I don't know, if you're over the age of 35, I guess you pretty much, that's scary to even say that. If you're over the age of 35 or so, you pretty much remember the day. Um, if you're younger than that, you might remember a little bit, but, um, you know, if you're like me, you remember it clearly. I remember, you know, people say I remember stuff like it was yesterday. There are bits and pieces of that day that I do remember like it was yesterday. Um, it's a lot different. You don't just think about, um, necessarily that day and how it changed the world, because it certainly did. Um, just in your everyday life, it changed the world. Um, but you think about, you know, when I was watching some of the, the recaps this morning, and again, I've said this before, when you get to my age, you start thinking about your mortality and you like, start thinking about, is that, you know, the people that survived, like, is that person still here? You think about the people who in your own life who have, have gone since then, man, I don't mean to start this day off on a deep, somber note, but, uh. It's tough for some of us. Every time I see that, um, you know, even if you don't think about it ahead of time, and then you turn the TV on on September 11th in the morning, and it just kind of hits you like a ton of bricks, and you go back to that day, today, 22 years ago. I know I did, and I know a lot of you do the same. So didn't mean to start it off like that. It just came out. I guess I could have edited that out, but I don't want to. I think it's important. You know, I tried to explain it to my 7-year-old daughter this morning. Um, 
you know, she was asking me about it, and, you know, I think we should be open with our kids and tell them everything as much as we can. And so she said she was going to go to school and ask her teacher about it, and I hope she does. And I uh, hope all our kids do. Because uh, just like other things, tragic events that happened before we were here and we need to know about, that's our, that's our duty, I think, to, to tell our kids about what's happened and never forget. Uh, so I think it's important. All right, on to football. Um, again, you know, maybe I'm in a somber mood because from what I saw last night. Maybe I'm in a somber mood because I'm this, running this podcast about two hours later than I wanted to because, you know, my, Mac, uh, my MacBook Pro just decided to crash this morning. So I had to learn how to reinstall an operating system very quickly. Um, I had a script prepared for Derry's Dime this morning, but that script was wiped out because uh, I had to go back in time two days. And two days ago, the Saints were 0-0. Um, today, they're 1-0. I don't have a script, so I'm just going to go off the top of my head. And we actually have interviews. I did not lose the interviews from, uh, from Dennis Allen, Derek Carr, on the Saints side. And on the Titans side, I, I spoke to... Ryan Tannehill, and Tajay Spears yesterday, personally. Um, so we're going to have those interviews coming up during Derry's Dime. And, you know, it's kind of what you would expect. You know, the, the only thing that I find interesting from yesterday is I found Dennis Allen's reactions to certain things a little interesting. Like, there's a little blasé about Trevor Penning. Um, and I guess this is getting into Derry's Dime. Again, usually Derry's Dime is scripted, so today it's not... It may just be like me, all over the place, ADHD, it is what it is. Um, and I found Dennis Allen a little bit blasé about the offensive line. Because, look, so I guess we're starting with the bad. I mean, the good clearly is it was 16-15, and I thought, for the most part, Derek Carr, I thought, played outstanding. Uh, there were a couple moments that uh, he wasn't outstanding. But for the most part, he showed why he was four years, $160 million, and why he's clearly the first real starting quarterback this team has had since Drew Brees. No offense to Jameis Winston. We don't have enough sample size to, to know if Jameis Winston could have been that or not. Um, but there's no question there are plenty of negatives to go around. And I don't want to harp on the negatives, but they jump out at you like, like some gigantic monster at a, at a spook house in Halloween. I mean, and he wears number 70. Trevor Penning was lost, was completely awful yesterday. And if he continues to play like this, or if they continue to put him in this situation, the Saints have no chance to be any good. I mean, that, that's how important one position is. Left tackle is that important. I've said this over and over again. Besides the quarterback, there is no more important position or unit than the offensive line. And I'll go even further with a right-handed quarterback. There is no more important position on the field other than quarterback than your left tackle. And our left tackle, when I say our, I'm meaning here in New Orleans because that's most of the people that listen to this show, the Saints left tackle yesterday couldn't have played for LSU this past weekend. Well, maybe against, maybe against uh, Division I AA Grambling. But Trevor Penning would have got smoked by Florida State last week. The dude was lost. 
Remember what we saw at the end of last year? And I'm not sure what made this team. And I get he's your first-round draft pick. So you think you're forced to use him. But if you continue to be stubborn and be forced to use him, and it's only one game. But what I saw in this one game was disaster. Four sacks in the second quarter. Three of them were Penning's fault. Three of the four sacks were Penning's And Carr was getting rushed in the first quarter, too. And then what did they do? At least they made an adjustment in the second half. I mean, you know, I got some messages and texts that were jumping on Pete Carmichael. And you know what? I'm, this is a new season. I'm starting off fresh. I thought Pete Carmichael was fine. I thought the play calling was fine. In fact, there were some things that I really liked from Sunday's game. We'll get into that in a little bit. But the Saints were obvious that they saw what's going on there. So this gets to my point of Dennis Allen being blasé. They, they had to help Penning in some way. So what did they do? They put him Adam Prentice in for a lot in the second half and used him to bl help block on obvious passing downs, especially when Carr was not going to move when he was going to be stationary and needed to hit a pass of longer than 10 or 15 yards. Remember I used to play uh, when you were a kid and you played in the street and you, the quarterback had to four Mississippi and then he was sacked? Yeah, Carr, was get, Carr had like two Mississippi. One Mississippi, blam. I mean, that's what it was. And if that continues to play out like that, it's going to be, I mean, this team could go 9-8 and eight because they don't play anybody worth a damn. I mean, they're really lucky with this schedule. And when I say you don't play anybody worth a damn, when you're in the NFL, you play teams that are, you know, it is what it is. But next week, I mean, you play Carolina on a Monday night, Carolina, you know, one game, but I could be wrong about Bryce Young. He looked like a rookie. Maybe people are right about Atlanta. Then the next week you play Jordan Love and Green Bay. I looks like I was right about Green Bay. They were dominating against Chicago. If the Saints play like they played yesterday in Green Bay two weeks ago, two weeks from now, they will not win. They will not win in Green Bay if the offense or if the offensive line most specifically plays like they played yesterday. The defensive front couldn't have been any better, I thought. But we go back to Trevor Penning, and again, it scares the hell out of you, but I guess not if you're Dennis Allen. Yeah, look, I, I thought, I thought, um, you know, I thought we weren't able to run the ball very effectively at all today. I mean, obviously, you know, that's a good front that we played. They led the league in terms of run defense last year, so we knew it was going to be uh, difficult to run the ball. Uh, but I thought that also made it a little bit more difficult in terms of protecting the quarterback early on in the game. I thought we did a much better job, you know, as the game wore on of, of being able to get a little bit more protection for Derek. And, you know, we started to be able to hit a few plays down the field. So, um, you know, obviously that's something that we've got to improve on. And, and look, you, you were excited about the fact that we won the game against a really good team. Uh, and yet we know that there's a ton of stuff that we have to clean up. There's a lot of things that we have to get better at. Uh, in really a short time to do it. So, um, you know, we're going to enjoy this win, but yet we're going to start, you know, we're going to turn our focus to Carolina and get ready for, you know, a divisional opponent. Did you make any adjustments in the pass protection or was it just staying out of third and long more often? Um, yeah, look, we, we, um, we made a few, you know, adjustments. Got, you know, a couple of chips over there, uh, particularly to Trevor, you know, to help him out over there. Um, 
And so, um, and, and that's it's pretty common in our league, you know. You, you pretty common. <clears throat> pretty common. Pretty common to beg a fullback to go over there and block somebody because Arden Key was just destroying Trevor Penning. So the, the way that he puts it, again, I think a little blase. I'm not asking him. Of course he's not going to go say, Trevor Penning sucked. Oh, I mean, Sean Payton might. Well, I don't know. Who knows? There are coaches that would say that. And I don't expect Dennis Allen to go out there and blast basically a rookie left tackle. I mean, he sure, he was on the team last year, and he played in like three or four games. But if he were playing college football, he could have redshirted after last year. So I'm going to call him a rookie in the grand scheme of things. But he was terrible. He was terrible. And it wasn't just terrible. It wasn't just like, okay, this is a one-game terrible, and you're going against this, this crazy pass rush, and Arden Key's really good. I don't care if that was like the next coming of Reggie White that he was playing against. It's just the technique and the fact that he looked lost, and he was standing around after plays like going, holy shit, I just don't know what to do. Because that's what he was doing. That's where Trevor Penning was yesterday. And it scares the hell out of you if you're a Saints fan. There's no other way to put it. What else did he have to say? Yeah, I'm sorry. Are you concerned by what you saw when they get into it? From Trevor Penning? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not concerned. Um, this guy's going to be a good player. Um, you got a young guy that's playing against an extremely good front. So uh, does he have to get better? Absolutely. Um, am I concerned? No. Um, I think we just keep our head down and keep going to work, um, and we'll we'll uh, we'll keep getting better, and we'll make our evaluations, you know, when we get to the seat end of the season, see where we're at. But um, I think this kid's going to be just fine. Just fine, he said. He says, "Does he really believe that?" I mean, I, this this is the problem that I have with coach speak. Do coaches really believe what they're saying? I, I wish you could give them truth serum before they went to a pro. I, I'm so sick of hearing the same thing over and over. It is like some coaches, you can basically predict 100%. Well, not 100%. You can't predict 100%. But you can predict like 90% what a coach is going to say. Dennis Allen's a nice guy. He's not going to go out there and blast Trevor Penning. I get that. But come on, don't, don't blow smoke up my keister. Don't tell me that Trevor Penning was just fine. It, you know what it reminds me of? I don't know if you remember this, but back in 2015, when the Saints... You know, they had a, just a crappy season. And I remember it well because it was the first season I was ever doing shows. I was doing the black and gold today. And every day I had to come up with some new way to say the Saints stink. But this one particular season, they had won like three games in a row and got themselves back into contention, and then they lost to Tennessee. But not too long after that, they played Carolina. And like this was kind of like the do-or-die game. They played them at home. And I think it was a national TV audience. They played him at home, um, and you remember Joey Browner, defensive back that uh, the Saints, I don't know how much the Saints spent on him, but they spent a lot of money on this dude. He was going to come in and save the day, remember? This is back when the Saints defensive backfield really stunk. And Joey Browner had, not only did he have the day from hell, but he was a jackass about it. Um... He was committing face mask penalties, defensive interference. He was holding. He was just getting destroyed by Cam Newton and his receivers. 
And Drew Brees was on that day, and it was like, I don't remember the exact score, but it was somewhere in the ballpark of like 41 to 38. Like, Drew Brees was phenomenal, did everything he could possibly do. The offense was great, and literally Joey Browner destroyed the game. And Sean Payton came out and said, when Catherine Terrell asked him about it and said, go write a blog. about," And I've brought this up on this show before. It's one of the reasons why Sean Payton just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And I, I kind of enjoyed the Raiders beating the Broncos yesterday. But I digress. But Sean Payton came out and said, Joey Brown is just fine. He played great. Go and write a blog about it. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, like we're blind in the media. And Dennis Allen's way too nice to ever do that. I don't think you would really have to piss him off for him to do anything like that. But in the grand scheme of things, there's not that much. You don't have to blow smoke up my butt and tell me that Trevor Penning played fine. Because he didn't. You already said you had to adjust your scheme and give him help because he didn't play fine. And I hate to spend eight to ten minutes harping on Trevor Penning. But I am doing this for a reason because as, look, 1-0 is fantastic. It sure beats the hell out of 0-1. The defense was phenomenal. Derek Carr was good. Rashid Shaheed was good and bad. He did one really dumb thing at the end of the game that could have cost him. Michael Thomas in the first half was better, way better than I expected. Chris Olave was Chris Olave. But if you don't have protection for Derek Carr, none of it means a GD thing. So you would hope, and I'm not saying they have to do this next week, but they have to be prepared to do this if they have to. They can't be you cannot be stubborn as a coach, which is one of Sean Payton's faults. If you could pick the number one fault of Sean Payton, as great as an offensive mind as he is, as great of a gambler-type coach, knowing when to pull out all the stops, as he is and was, he's a stubborn son of a bitch. And Dennis Allen, you can be nice and still be a stubborn son of a bitch. If the Saints go into this game against Carolina and Trevor Penning is getting destroyed again, you have to be prepared to take James Hurst, move him to left tackle, and I know a lot of you think Andrus Pete sucks, but he don't suck like Trevor Penning sucked yesterday. You're paying him $54 million, whatever the hell you're paying him. And unless he's just like, again, going back to this, yep, he's going back to it, unless Andrus Pete is like, hurt and we don't realize it, and he's not ready to play, which is possible. Not saying that's the case, because I don't know, but it's possible. But if, that, if he's not hurt and he's ready to play, you have to be at least prepared. I'm not saying you need to go into the game and start it this way, because you certainly weren't going to do it, didn't do it yesterday, and didn't look like you even had any thoughts of doing it. And after what Dennis Allen said, which what I just played, doesn't sound like he's going to do it. But you have to be prepared to move Hurst to left tackle and put Pete in the left guard. Otherwise, you're going to get beat. What did Derek Carr have to say about it? Derek, how would you describe how Trevor Penning sort of handling, look, 
him some struggles. And yeah. how he was handling that, like in the huddle, and, and how you thought he was. Oh, he was great. Great mentality. Great demeanor. Um, every game is not going to be everybody's best game, you know. And uh, he he was getting held on one that you know something happened. You know, there's there's so many things and so many different things. Could I have got the ball out quicker? I'm going to watch it and be critical of myself, you know, to help him. Um, you know, but I was so proud of his demeanor and the way he carried himself because. No one wants to make a mistake, you know. All of us, you know, all 53. Nobody wants to go out there and, you know, be the one that, oh man, that was on me, you know, like I did before the half. It crushes you. It hurts, you know, because you want so much for your team. But the way he picked himself up, like we have a room full of grown men that, hey, yeah, I made a mistake. Let's keep going. Let's keep playing. And I felt that from him. His demeanor is the same all the time. He looks angry. He looks violent, and he plays that way. And uh, you know, I, I love him to death, and I'm proud of the way that he was able to finish in the second half. You know a quarterback's not going to say anything bad about his offensive lineman. That's about, if you read through the lines, that's about the most you're ever going to get from a quarterback. Talking about, his, especially his left tackle, when you're right-handed. You're blindsided, protecting your blind side. Oh, he was pissed off. You better believe he was pissed off. He knew he was getting his ass kicked. Of course he was pissed off. Look, I like Trevor Penning's demeanor, and all you heard about when he came here was the fact that he was just this mean, mean guy. Remind you of Kyle Turley a little bit. And Kyle Turley wasn't the greatest left tackle that's ever played for the Saints. But he was good enough. He was good. Like having Kyle Turley from the day, the throwing the Jets helmet on a Sunday night Kyle Turley would have been one that probably would have given Derek Carr a lot more time. Probably wouldn't have been 16-15. Probably would have done a lot more. Probably a lot better. The Saints would have covered, put it that way. I mean, and I, I have nothing to do with them covering or not covering. The Saints cover if Trevor Penning plays like an average left tackle, or even maybe a slightly below average left tackle. But he played like the worst left tackle in the league yesterday. Let's move on, as I do. You, you know what I feel about this. Because, look, to me, if you're looking for negatives, that really might be the lowest negative. I mean, that's definitely the lowest negative, but the fact that the Saints didn't try to run the ball is also in part because of what's going on in the offensive line. It scares you to death because, honestly, I don't think the offensive line as a whole played that great. I'm blasting Trevor Penning. You know, but Ryan Ramchek had a jumping off sides penalty or a false start penalty. Um, and there were other things I saw that I didn't like. I mean, the fact that the Saints didn't even try to run the ball. I should take that back. They, they tried to run the ball. But here are the stats for you, and I have them here. I have the book. And this is completely misleading. Jamal Williams, 18 carries for 45 yards and a 2.5-yard average. Well, let's take away his last run because his last run was his longest, an 11-yard run, which was a important because it gave the Saints a first down and allowed them to run out the clock after Rashid Shahid had run out of bounds and almost gave the Titans the ball back with a minute left. But that being said, if you take that carry away, he had 17 carries for 34 yards. The second leading rusher on the team was Rashid Shahid, two carries for 11 yards. Now, again, you didn't have Kendra Miller yesterday, which we didn't know about. That's concerning that he's hurt already. Got to find a way to run the ball. Again, that's all tied in the offensive line. I thought, look, 
Okay, those are the negatives. The positives, the reasons why you're happy, those were the worried, that was the worried part. Remember we asked in the title, you're over the moon, are you satisfied, or are you worried? Obviously, it's a combination of the three to some, some aspect, but if you have to pick one, which one are you? If you're worried, it's because of what I said before. If you're either over the moon or satisfied, it's because Derek Carr was 23 of 33 for 305 yards with a touchdown and a really silly interception that I'm not going to play the clip, but he basically says, I was just dumb. He completely took responsibility for it. it, was, it to me, he only threw two really bad passes. The interception, and there was one, uh, I believe it was on the first drive when they had to kick a field goal, it was third and, I don't know, third and five or so. They were about 10-yard line. And he kind of rolled out to his left and just kind of threw one into the turf, where if he would have had more time, I think he could have completed that pass. Um, Michael Thomas, I thought, was very good, especially early on. And the, the, the first two catches he made, they weren't easy catches. Finished with five catches for 61 yards. And then Chris Olave was Chris Olave. Eight catches for 112 yards. Um, a big part of the reason why the Saints are 1-0. But the defensive front, man, that defensive front was phenomenal, and so was Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, and he went out at the end of the game. They're saying that it was no big deal, um, and you have to hope that's the case. We'll find out soon enough. They do have an extra day. Good news about playing on a Monday next week. But I thought that this defensive front, I didn't miss David Onyemata and Shai Tuttle at all. I thought they were outstanding. Brian Brissy, man, he was great. And not just because he had the sack, he was helping force some pressure. But, you know, Granderson was outstanding, putting pressure on Tannehill all day long. And I asked Ryan Tannehill about that pressure. And uh, I also asked him, you know, this is another year, we talked about it during team previews, where the Tennessee Titans did not uh, use their starters at all in preseason. I think it's a big deal. If you're going to have preseason, you know, and Derek Carr only played one series, he looked a little rusty. But I think when you don't play it all in a regular game situation, I think it matters. And I think it showed yesterday for the Titans. Ryan Tannehill was being nice about it because that's what players do. But you can tell, man, he wasn't feeling good on the inside, you can bet. Ryan, talk about the pressure that you faced often from the, that defensive front. Oh, they did a good job. You know, I think um, you know, there, were, there were certain times we had, had a good pocket and um, we were able to get the ball downfield a little bit, and there was other times that uh, they did a good job. You know, we knew coming in uh, it was going to be a tough front to block. They ha had a, a good pressure package and uh, moving guys around, running games and all that type of stuff, um, and they did a good job. But uh, some things we can build on there for sure. Do you think not playing at all in the preseason affects you and maybe causes a slow start at all? I don't think so. You know, I don't think so. Um, we got a ton of reps, a ton of reps of practice. And um, like I said, we just have to be able to carry over what we're doing in practice and, and be consistent coming out on Sundays and, and play, doing it in the games. In other words, I got my ass kicked. 16 of 34, 198 yards, three, count them, three interceptions. It wasn't very good. Held down Dennis. Uh, De Dennis. Held down Derrick Henry. 15 carries for 63 yards. Had a long of 18. So, you know, to be fair, if you take out Williams as long, he had 37. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 34 yards rushing. If you take out Derrick Henry's long of 18, 
He had 14 carries for 45 yards. We told you the other day, we told him in our picks column that Derrick Henry was averaging 53 yards rushing in his season opener and only had one, one, and he still only has one touchdown in an opening, in a regular season opener. Goes to show, you know, we say that over, you know, I say that all the time. I don't hate, I hate preseason. But coaches treat it differently today than they used to treat it. They basically, a lot of them don't even want their players to play at all. And I don't understand that. I think it's important for them to play, at least a little bit. Even Drew Brees, especially in the earlier days. You know, when he was 38 and 39, he didn't need to play. I get that. You know, and Ryan Tannehill's 35, so you can, Ryan Tannehill's not Drew Brees. I think that players need to play in the pre... I think units need to play together in the preseason to get game speed. If you're going to have preseason, use it to your advantage. I mean, people are so afraid of getting players hurt, but is that where we are today? So the Saints starters actually played a little bit, and that little bit of play, I think, helped them at least enough. It was a one-point game. You don't need a lot of advantages to win a one-point game. It, it could be one thing. The defense was phenomenal in holding the Titans down, bend but not break, bend but not break. And they showed that at the end there. I'm surprised, honestly, that Mike Vrabel, and I didn't get Mike Vrabel because I didn't get over to the Titans' locker room fast enough. But I was surprised that the Titans decided to go for a field goal there. I know they were counting on their defense to get a three and out or whatever and get the ball back, but you can't count on that. And you know me, I'm conservative. I, I joke with Zach Ewing all the time. This game is, I haven't talked at all about anything but the Saints here in this podcast so far, but anyone who has watched this game, and I'm going to talk about it in Bayou Bets this afternoon, anyone who has watched this game this weekend, this game is completely changed. There are mindsets that are completely different going into the season. I saw it across college football, and I saw it across the NFL and what I saw yesterday. People are going for it on fourth down from their own 35. They're going for it. I saw a play yesterday. Nick Sirianni, who brought the Eagles to the Super Bowl yesterday, is leading New England 25-20 to 20 with, like, I think it was 2.04 remaining. It was right before the two-minute warning. And it's fourth down and three. And he's at midfield, or actually, I think he was just in his own, like the 48 or something, his own 48, some, somewhere around there. Fourth and three. And I get that you have Jalen Hurts, and I get that you're, you have so much ego that your head doesn't fit in your garage, probably, and you just assume you're going to make it. But you don't think of the repercussions. Again, you can look at a chart all you want as I digress again, but this is how different football is. This is kind of my point to where we are and think about preseason differently and worried about getting players hurt. But you can look at a card and it could say, you have a 58% chance of making this. So in his mind, I have a 58% chance of putting the game away. But what you don't consider with that other 42% chance is the New England offense isn't very good. And if you give them the ball at midfield, you have now increased their chances of scoring and winning by threefold. Because if you kick it, even if you punt it in the end zone and they get it to 20 with two minutes left, that's a whole lot different than giving him the ball at the 50. It just goes to show you, and I, that's just one example. 
I've seen it all weekend long. I am going to go get, try to get the, see if I can get the fourth down gopher rates this weekend. Guarantee it's higher than the average from even last year. And I think going, it's just ridiculous. People think differently. Preseason is not thought of the same. So we either should just eliminate preseason, which is I think is the direction we're headed. I think they're going to end up playing 18 games and having one preseason game and maybe two. And then it, that's going to be a waste of time. It's just, it's, it, that's a money grab anyway because they force season ticket holders to buy the preseason tickets. I mean, let's not be, let's not be, you know, try to pretend it is what it isn't. I mean, at this point in NFL football, preseason is simply a money grab. Players don't play. You don't, very rarely now do you get a guy that showed up and balled out. I mean, look at Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith was outstanding in the preseason. I thought he was a lock to make this team. And yet, Jalen Smith is on the practice squad. It just goes to show you. Preseason doesn't mean jack. There are so many things. This game is just way different. And it, again, Ryan Tannehill talking about whether it made any difference to not play in the preseason. I think it made a difference. And if you look at Derrick Henry's stats and the fact that he averages 53 yards rushing on opening day when... I don't think it's close. I think he's easily the best running back in football. I mean, and I'll tell you this, and my wife was laughing at me yesterday. I'm like, looking at Derrick Henry in the locker room, if you wanted to make a Superman sculpture, like if you wanted to like, make someone a real-life Superman and get the body prototype, it'd be Derrick Henry. I mean, I, I just, it's insane. You, you wonder how a guy can take as many hits. And, you know, Derrick Henry, there'll be games this year when he carries it 28 or 30 times. It's, again, we talk about a different NFL and a different breed of defensive lineman and linebacker that hits a lot harder than the defensive lineman and linebackers from 15, 20 years ago. Derrick Henry can take the hit because if you look at him, he's built like a freight truck. And then sitting right next to him is Tajay Spears, who is not built like a freight truck. I love Tajay Spears, and I'm so glad he's in the NFL. We talked to him. We're going to hear from him in just a minute. NFL's so different, man. And I think that's what was so impressive about the way the Saints played yesterday. They lost, they lost uh, some players on that, on that defensive front. That was a different front, and you know what? I thought they played at least as well as any front played last year at all, maybe better. They, maybe they're better. Because they were outstanding. And again, look, the Tennessee Titans offensive line is ranked in the bottom six or seven. So I guess you can't get too fired up over it. But what is the one thing that the Saints weren't able to do on defense that really kind of killed them? They weren't able to get turnovers. But the pressure on Ryan Tannehill forced three interceptions. A healthy Marshawn Lattimore is as good as a defensive back as there is in this league. And he proved it yesterday. So the Saints, um, look, we already knew that they have a chance to be a top-five defense, and we said it in their preview. I think they need to be a top-five or top-seven defense again. They've been top-seven three years in a row. They need to be at least that again to have a chance to be good. Derek Carr, good. I mean, look, and I don't, I'm not even going to spend a lot of time on Chris Olave because, man, he picked up right where he left off. He didn't do much the first quarter and a half or so, but once he started getting involved... He was outstanding. 
And Rashid Shaheed looks like a, a, a real, legit number two slash number three wide receiver. Um, just don't step out of bounds when you need the clock to go running, and you could tell. I mean, I don't get on players that much for stuff like that because that's just, that's just spot-of-the-moment mistakes that happen. I mean, if you watch his face after, I mean, I'm sure a lot of you were at home yelling at your TV or whatever. But you could tell, looking at his face, he knew he messed up as soon as he did. I mean, he won't do that again. And it didn't end up costing the Saints, as we said. Um, Jamal Williams, with his most important run of the day, gets the 11 yards, gets the first down. Best formation in football when you're winning. Kneel down. So uh, that's Derry's dime, by the way. Uh, again, I usually script that. It doesn't usually last that long. Uh, that's what happens when I don't script it. I go a little longer. But I thought everything that was said, I think, needed to be said. And I know I spent more time on the bad than the good. But I think it's that important. I mean, you want to know that's great. Again, you have a schedule that lends you to a possibility of being an 11 or 12 win kind of team. We said that already. But do I feel any better about this team than I felt before the game? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Do you feel better about this Saints team right now as you're listening to this than you did at 11.55 a.m. Sunday morning? And I think the answer has to be no. I'm not saying you feel any worse, but I don't think you feel any better. I, feel, I think they're, you know, usually after week one, and again, you don't take anything for granted. You don't, and, and I laugh at people that say, I told you this uh, Friday, I got the YouTube comments of the people from the Lions fans basically making fun of me because they beat the Chiefs. You don't know jack, jack crap from one game. But you can tell certain things, and you can absolutely, like if I were a Lions fan, I would definitely feel better about the Lions than I felt before the game. If I were a Chiefs fan, I wouldn't feel one way or the other. I mean, I wouldn't like the fact that Kadarius Tony can't catch a cold. If I were a Titans fan, I'd feel way worse than I felt at 11.55 a.m. But the Saints, the, they probably had more good in volume. Like you'd say, this is good, this is good, this is good, this is good, this is good. Then they had the one real bad. But the one real bad to me equals at least the good. So that's why I'm saying I don't think I feel any different. I think we knew going in. What did I say going in? What was the biggest concern? The offensive line. It's still clearly the biggest concern. Will it get better? It might. But it makes you wonder, why didn't the Saints go and get someone why did they not make a trade in the offseason? I know, I know it's hard to trade for offensive linemen because there are only so many that are worth a damn. But they didn't even try. They seemed like they were completely fine with it. I know Trey Turner got hurt in, what, the second or third day he was here. That was supposed to be your backup plan. James Hurst probably would be playing left tackle, I would guess. I don't know. But you're, are you forcing your first-round draft pick in there because he's your former first-round draft pick? All questions that are going to be answered. We're going to find out the answers to those very soon, I know. Before we go, I do, I promised you that we'd hear from Tajay Spears. And, um, you know, again, I'm biased towards this kid because I covered him in, in high school and I went and talked to him. And, you know, we talked about Coach Hank and Miss Joanne. And it was, uh, it was cool to see him. Um, 
But, uh, you know, I asked him about what it's like to be, and I, and I always like this question when, you know, you see guys that, you know, you covered since they were 15, and they knew they were stars, and Tajay went on at Tulane, obviously, and did great things for the Green Wave. Asked him what it was like. Did he have the butterflies? Game number one in his NFL career. It wasn't great, but I'm sure he won't forget it. Tajay, was there any extra emotion for you coming home tonight? It was definitely, um, of course, like uh, bringing, a, bringing a freshman back in home. So it was, it was going to be, it was, it was a good experience. Did you feel any extra, I mean, your first game, but did you feel butterflies coming into the game? You're going to have a few butterflies. Uh, you're going to be back in Louisiana. I'm from Louisiana. I played all my, uh, all my years of football in Louisiana. A little bit, little bit of butterflies, not so much. So either he's not telling the truth or, hey, maybe he's just got ice water in his veins because I don't know. I, I, I think it would be tough not to have extra butterflies coming back home, especially in the Dome. But uh, great to see him in the league, and uh, he'll, he'll get his share of the victories. And he was definitely a part of that game plan. So he's going to be a part of the, the, the Titans game plan. It's going to be fun to watch him develop and grow as they go along. He's going to be a part of it for sure. And uh, I, I really think the Titans are going to get better as they go along. Look, Ryan Tannehill, he's an average quarterback. Maybe playing for an average team with an incre incredibly crazy, gifted running back behind him. And Derrick Henry. Uh, watching Jacksonville and Indianapolis bumble around during the Saints game yesterday and watching the Texans get blasted by Baltimore. There's no reason to think why this Texans team won't be a part of the AFC South. I told you I think Jacksonville's overrated. I still think that. Again, I think the Colts are terrible. So for them to be bumbling around with the Colts says a whole lot. We'll find out. It's only week one. Not time to, to feel over the moon. It's not feel time to feel satisfied. It's not time to be worried, I guess. I mean, well, I guess it's always time to be worried. Depends on who you are. Some people thrive on being worried. I mean, that's not my bag, but, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, you know, let's revisit this again as we go into next week. And, again, a week off, uh, a Sunday off. Saints will be back on the field a week from today, Monday night football at Charlotte as Carolina opens their home uh, season. The home debut for Bryce Young. Better play better than he played yesterday. Because if you think Atlanta was good, the Saints defensive front is better than Atlanta's. And the defensive backs are definitely better than Atlanta's. So uh, if he plays like he played again, if he played, plays next Monday like he played yesterday, it'll be a long day for Bryce Young. All right, um, that is going to just about wrap it up for us. I am thankful that you have decided to come and join us. Again, Derry's Dime. Usually this show on Monday, I think it's going to be like 20 to 30 minutes. I knew it would be a little longer today. I had, uh, had some extra interviews to play, um, and I thought it was important to talk about just, you know, some of the coach speak crap. It really drives me insane sometimes. It really does. I mean, just don't, don't blow smoke up my butt. That's all I ask. You can uh, say it a bunch of different ways, but don't tell me somebody played great when you damn well know he didn't. That's all I ask. So, you know, uh, we're going to work on some things. He's going to get better. All that's fine and Danny, but don't say Trevor Penning played well. Just give me a break. Maybe he'll play next, well next week, and I'll, and I'll have egg on my face, and I'll be happy to have egg on my face because if he plays well, um, 
honestly, if the left side of the, the Saints offensive line plays well, I don't see how the Saints lose this week. I have not seen the line yet. I'm looking forward to it. I know it's out by now. Um, I had some computer issues. Again, it's supposed to be on. This show will be on much earlier going forward on Monday mornings going forward. Nothing was going right for me today. But you know what? It ended up being okay, just like everything else. Something You might have stuff that it just doesn't go right. And guess what? It ends up being okay, right? Just like today. Again, I said this earlier, uh, we're going to go out. I don't usually go out with kind of a somber song. I, used to like, I usually like a pick-me-up, uh, unless I'm like looking back about something. In this case, I'm definitely looking back. And I, I, I truly mean it when I say we can never forget what happened on September 11, 2001. Um, for those of us that are old enough to remember the day, and I remember where you were um, when you got the call or whether you saw it live on TV or whatever the case may be, or whether you were in New York. I mean, I have friends that actually lived in New York then. Um, and so uh, where were you? I think you remember. If you're older than the, if you're older than, let's say, 34, 35, you remember where you were. And uh, this song says so much about that. And then uh, we'll be back to being happy again. Well, we will be back. Speaking of being back, we're going to come back on Thursday with Uncle Big Nick. I swear he's going to be here this time. Um, I had a good week prediction-wise. I don't exactly know how Uncle Big Nick did. We're going to find out. He's all well and better. Everything's going good. We'll talk to him on Thursday. And then Friday, our regular preview with Larry Holder. Uh, this afternoon, Monday afternoon, Bayou Bets, uh, both this afternoon and Thursday afternoon on all of our social media channels on bet.nola.com. We thank you for listening. Everyone have a wonderful week. The Saints are 1-0. Can't be all that bad. Talk to you later this afternoon and then on Thursday here on Datitude. Peace and love, my friends. I'm just a singer of simple songs. I'm not a real political man. I watch CNN, but I'm not sure I can tell you the difference in Iraq and Iran. But I know Jesus and I talk to God and I remember this from when I was young. Faith, hope, and love are some good things He gave us and the greatest is love. Where were you when the world stopped turning? Well, that's it.